Hello and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostic industry. My name is Omar Ford and I am the Editor-in-Chief of MDDI, an online publication owned by Informa. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, we're going to be speaking with a very good friend of mine, Nicole Osmer, the CEO and founder of Health & Commerce. Health and Commerce is an award-winning agency offering PR, creative, and digital services to innovators in medtech, biotech, and digital health. Nicole is stopping by Let's Talk MedTech to discuss how health and commerce is helping medical device companies and diagnostic companies spread their message and communicate their message more clearly. We're also going to be discussing some of our earliest days in the industry and it's a, it's a trip down memory lane. So this is an incredible episode. Can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, let's talk MedTech with Health and Commerce's Nicole Osner. Well, Nicole, thanks for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. I really appreciate you being here. How are you? I'm great. So happy to be talking with you, Omar. Sure, sure. You know, the audience might not know this, but you and I, we go way back. I mean, we go back to when uh, you were handling the Intersect ENT account. And a lot has changed for, for you and, and health and commerce since then. Can you talk a little bit about how the company has grown and its overall mission? Yes, I will. But first, I'd like to thank you for always being so willing to make changes like that. <laughs> Very important <laughs> to our clients. So appreciate that. That's great. Sure, um, no. Yeah, so back then, um, I guess that's probably more than 10 years ago, I was a solo freelancer. And a lot has been um, in development since then, a lot has changed. Um, You know, as a consultant, I was lucky enough to work with some of the great companies in the med tech industry, um, Intersect ENT, of course, but also Nevro, Neotract, RDN, Shockwave. and over time, just my name got out there and got busier and busier and realized I needed to start hiring a team to be able to help launch um, some new innovative companies and products. So um, I hired my first employee about five years ago, and now we have almost 35 employees. Um, and we still work a lot with med tech companies, which is my first love, of course. <laughs> um, but we also work with biotech and digital health companies, as well as some pharma. So uh, biotech is now about half of our revenue. That's a growing uh, part of what we do, but still lots of medical device. Wow. What about the digital health sector? Just curious about that. Is, is that growing? Have you seen a lot of change in that? Yes, definitely growing. And I think, you know, the FDA has now um, approved some digital health um, therapies. And so more investment is coming into digital health. And we're talking with more and more companies in that space. It's pretty exciting. Now, when we look at PR in healthcare and med tech and in some of the companies that you handle, how is the PR, how is it handled differently from PR in other fields? What, what's so unique about it? Um, It's actually very specialized, and I'm lucky that I started in healthcare early in my career. So I worked at Guidant starting in 2001, long time ago now. Um, We love bringing in early career people so that we can teach them the ropes. There's a lot to learn. Um, You have to understand how the FDA works, uh, what clinical trials, um, you know, how the clinical trial 
uh, landscape works and um, what's possible to do from a regulatory perspective. And then specific to PR, um, the types of media outlets and reporters that cover healthcare topics. So there's a lot to learn, um, but it's such a great field. There's so much variety. I just love it. And, uh, you know, we get to work with some really amazing innovators and entrepreneurs. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, when you're working with a client or, or when a client comes to you, um, how how is that process? How do you communicate their message about their technology, their milestones or news in general? Um, how do you come in and bridge the gap and help us poor journalists understand? Some yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a critical part of what we do. So um, and I should mention, we also now do branding, creative work, uh, digital marketing, social media. So, you know, the heart of what we do is PR, but we do look at a number of different ways to help companies communicate, you know, their vision and the benefits of their technology. But, um, you know, the first step is really understanding the business objectives of the company. Um, so looking at, you know, what's their next big goal and how can we help them to achieve that? And then, um, you know, really optimizing the message is very important. I think it's a differentiator for us. Um, you know, we really, every press release you see, there's a document that goes along with it that has kind of all the bullet points of the benefits of the technology, the company, um, you know, clinical data, and very focused on, you know, supporting um, citations, references, and we try to make it very easy for the media and very easy for our team to consistently communicate. So that messaging platform is a really critical part of what we do. And we also try to think about broad audiences. You know, we want to help make journalists' jobs easier. We are thinking about your readers. And so what is the context that the um, therapy exists in? What is the existing standard of care? How is it really better or different? What are the competitors doing? Um, and also making it very interesting. So we don't want it to be boring. We want to, you know, we want to make it as impactful as we can, um, really making it clear to the reader what the unmet need is and then, you know, how the company offers a solution. And that can be hard for healthcare companies because um, especially trying to communicate with lay audiences, they don't always understand the problem, you know, if it's something, you know, clinical. Um, so that's our job to try to make that clear and easy to understand. And then the other thing that we do um, is set the strategy. So we ask the company to provide us with, you know, kind of the upcoming milestones for the next usually 12 months and then put together a plan for them, outlining, you know, how we will approach each of those milestones and what we'll do to fill in the gaps. So especially early stage companies don't always have a lot of news flow. So you know, that's where we bring in our digital team, social media, um, kind of think about what else can we do to help um, tell the company's story. And sometimes the answer is it's too early or we should just, you know, lay low for a little while till we have more evidence to build a, a solid story. Um, and that's fine. So uh, we try to help the company with, with being really strategic about planning, but then also about each milestone. So you probably get a lot of embargoed pitches from us. That's because we want to, you know, reach reporters before the press release is across the wire. We feel that that's when it has the most power. And for some media outlets, that's more important than for others. And we know kind of what each media outlet 
looks for and how to work with reporters best to optimize both the message and the um, potential for media coverage. Let's talk a little bit uh, about this change that I've noticed um, and I've commented I've commented on it before on Let's Talk MedTech, but there's a change now where MedTech and medical devices are becoming more commonplace with consumers. We're mm-hmm. seeing companies like Hologic and Dexcom advertise during the Super Bowl, uh, but with that awareness, that new awareness, branding plays uh, a greater role. And I interviewed Dexcom CEO Kevin Sayer uh, on episode 20 of Let's Talk MedTech uh, about this very subject and asking him, how is it like to to think about uh, the company in that form or, or to think about your product or, or your device uh, in that form? And, and he said that, you know, it was, it was a change, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, can you discuss some of that? And also, uh, are companies thinking like this now? Um, do you have to help or prompt them along to, to kind of understand that there is this, this shift now? Yes, I think it depends a little bit on the company and sure, what they're sure. trying to do. So going yeah. back to our approach, we would always think through the, the audiences and how they will you know, interpret um, the message from the company. Um, I do think that, you know, what you're really talking about is developing a brand. And um, in some cases, companies invest in the beginning in their brand. I think Outset Medical is a great example of that. And you see that pull through, you know, once they're commercial. And in other cases, it's just not in the budget or it's not a priority, mostly for the company's investors or their board of directors. Um, So we do, you know, sometimes come in. Uh, at the eleventh hour, and try to <laughs> fix that. <laughs> yeah, but, but um, and I understand that. But yeah, but yes, yeah. it's a it's an important part of communicating. I think the brand really is about how a company or a product makes you feel, and you know, you're you've only got one chance to make a good first impression. So I mm-hmm. think having a you know a, a strong website, a strong message, a point of view is definitely important, no matter who your audience is, but particularly for consumer audiences. Um, you know, and I think Neotract is a good example of the Eurolift uh, system was a uh, product that we did market to consumers. And I have to give Neotract a lot of credit for investing in uh, developing a brand and then trying a lot of different things to reach those audiences. So. We launched Facebook campaigns for Neotract for the Eurolift system, um, you know, pretty early on when healthcare companies were first starting to use healthcare, uh, Facebook, um, and that was pretty successful. And then, you know, trying all different types of techniques to reach consumers. And obviously that ended well for them with the acquisition by Teleflex. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, you know, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I'm blown away uh, by that. You know, I'll tell you one of my pet peeves uh, or something. I'm not going to say pet peeves, but it's something that I've encountered over the years. Um, When you're talking about a device or you're talking about a product, you're interviewing about it. And the name is it just doesn't roll off the tongue. Mm -hmm. It's just some (laughs) weird name. And, uh, you know, you sat in on some of my interviews during my early days. You know, you don't want to look like an idiot, but at the same time, it's just very hard to 
to to speak on that device. So you say, well, can you tell me a little bit about the product or the the device? And what I was finding was that many of the the executives or or you know the people I was talking to, uh, they, they didn't even say the name. And, right. and I would think that's a big no-no, or that was an issue, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's challenging. And we've helped companies rename or name a product, or even the company name. Sometimes they kind yes. of shift their focus and then have to change their name. I would say. Uh, if those, if you inherit a name that is difficult, probably best to change it sooner than later. It only gets more complicated, <laughs> yes. you know. Yes. Especially yes. if you're already a public company, you have to change your name. That's not that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, agree. That's that's difficult. Exactly. Well, was there ever a time when you've worked with a client and for whatever reason there just wasn't a connection? Do, do you have a nightmare story without naming names, of course? Yeah, I mean, in this business, you work with all different types of people, which mm-hmm. um, is sometimes challenging, but I think it can be a good challenge. I, I sort of find it personally, you know, uh, a challenge that I don't mind taking on. Although, you know, I, I have a team of people, I have to think about them as well. So yeah. we're lucky that we, um, I would say, for the most part, all of our clients are really great people. Um, there are exceptions. And I think, you know, sometimes... It's just people that might um, not hesitate to ask you to have a meeting on the weekend or you know that kind of thing, which is not great for our team. Um, but most of the time, the real challenges come when uh, the client's expectations aren't realistic, you know, because then they feel that what we've done doesn't provide value to them. And that's where that becomes difficult. So we really try to set expectations up front to make sure that, you know, first of all, we want to provide value to our clients. We want to get results for them. We're very focused on that. Um, But, you know, really making sure that they know what to expect um, and be realistic about it. That's the most important part, I think, of managing that relationship. And then no matter what the daily interactions are like, you know, if you're delivering results and it's what they expected or above what they expected, they're going to be happy. So that's what we try to do. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah. What are some tips that you would give to fledgling med tech companies, the smaller uh, companies that are trying to get their message out, trying to put the pieces of this puzzle together? Yeah, I think um, for one thing, take the time to think about your message. You know, really look at your website, look at what you're communicating. Um, just give it the time and space that it needs. And that's something that we help a lot of companies with, just, you know, sort of serving as a forcing mechanism for them to give it some thought um, and optimize it. You make sure people understand it. A lot of times when we come in, companies have only been communicating to clinicians or maybe they're only communicating to investors. It's pretty, those are narrow audiences. So, um, you know, we try to look at broadening that out. Um, So I think it's a good practice to just, you know, take a look at your message every, you know, probably quarter, every six months. And this is something I face myself as an entrepreneur. (laughs) You know, I look at my website and think, oh, that's changed. You know, we're not, we're, you know, we need to kind of reposition the way we're talking about ourselves a little bit Um, and it can get away from you. So, you know, you just have to dedicate the time and space to think about it and look at it. 
and uh, nurture it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like um, lawn maintenance in a sense. You know, I'm dealing right. with that now. <laughs> there are these pesky weeds that keep coming up and the HOA is just uh, hounding me about them. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I totally get it. Um, things change and you have to reevaluate statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. What would you say has been your greatest triumph in the field um, in, in your career? Well, I'm really proud of our amazing client list. We work with some really innovative companies and we are, you know, we frequently are competing with very big agencies, you know, mm-hmm. to win that business and have won that business quite a bit. But I think, you know, it's also just getting to the point where we are today. Um, a list just came out of the top healthcare PR firms um, by revenue, and um, we would have been in the top, in or near the top 20. And I think, oh. you know, it's only been five years. That feels like an amazing accomplishment. Wow. Um, yeah. And I really owe it all to my team. You know, if I've done anything right, I've, it's been that I've hired great people. I work with some amazing rock stars and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I definitely share the credit or owe the credit to them. But yeah, that's, that's a good, you know, again, as an entrepreneur myself, um, that feels good. And I'm also just, you know, really happy we've been able to help launch some amazing um, technologies and products. And, you know, we have clients that were my clients when I was just a single consultant that are now, you know, we've grown alongside them. So that's been wonderful. Well, that says a lot about um, loyalty, too. And that says a lot about your character as a person. You know, I'm going to say this and it's amazing because I know we worked together over the years and (laughs) you always delivered. Um, (laughs) And, um, uh, you know, I remember when you were. I remember just seeing the pitches and I was like, yep, Nicole Osmer, she, yep, this is a lock. We've got this story. So I'm going for the Nicole pitch. I'm going for this story right now. Oh, that's what I love to hear. (laughs) Yeah, you always deliver. And and I think that's what's so important. Everyone has spoken well of you. You have a reputation in the industry and you've worked with some some. Uh, pretty top clients. And yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing I miss, I miss getting those pitches from you. I haven't seen your email come across. Uh, once in a while, I pitch you. Once in a while. <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> well, thank you for, I mean, it's been great to work with you over the years and you were always very responsive too, which is, which is great. I mean, I think that's what, uh, you know, we're re- representing our clients in those mm-hmm. interactions. So, you know, that's how we've trained our team as we're on the front lines, but we're really an extension. You know, we like to be an extension of our clients' teams. And so I'm glad to hear that, you know, that was your impression. That's good to hear. Awesome. Nicole, if there's anyone, of, if there's a med tech company that's listening to this now, a smaller med tech company, um, someone who's just looking to, to put the pieces of the puzzle together, um, what's the best way they can reach out uh, to, to the company, to, to Health and Commerce? Yeah, they can go to our website um, or they can email me directly at Nicole at, at healthandcommerce.com. Uh, we have a, you know, contact form on the website, too. And we, you know, really love working with early stage companies and companies at all stages, too. So 
yeah, that would be great. Thank you, Omar. I appreciate that. Sure. No worries. Well, Nicole, this was awesome. Thanks for stopping by Let's Talk MedTech and hope to have you on again. But I know that we'll at least have some clients on. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk MedTech. Thanks again to our guest, Nicole Osmer, founder and CEO of Health and Commerce. Be sure to follow her on Twitter at Nicole Osmer and visit us at mbdionline.com for all of your MedTech news. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Until next episode. Take care.